Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Protein Alcee with a purpose text line 69306. Nick Price is way out of bounds. That's what we're all about on this program. That's, uh, yeah, when you fit the title of your show. Um, I thought it was interesting what Pete Sweeney had to say earlier about Tyree Kills. We'll dive into that here in a little bit with the Tyree Kill topic moving forward. Um, Chiefs Texans tomorrow, Watson Mahomes. For those of you that are interested in what college football games are going on right now because you're out to uh, to football games, you're out to soccer games, you're out to grocery shop, do whatever you do on this Saturday, thanks for listening to Live and Local on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, Dusty Likens with you. Nick Price as well with you. South Carolina, 17. Georgia, 10. Ugh. Oklahoma, 10. Texas, 3. Second half just started in that game. Second half also um, underway in the South Carolina-Georgia game. By the way, I believe that game is at Georgia right now, which is interesting. Um, so, when we talk about tomorrow's game and we talk about the two most biggest focal points, I believe it is the arm of Patrick Mahomes and the arm of Deshaun Watson. But what I find interesting tomorrow is I believe this is the debut of Tyree Kill coming off the injury uh, list. Tyree Kill was in that Jacksonville game, didn't play a whole lot because he had the clavicle uh, injury that damn near like what punctured his heart or something like that. It had a possibility of doing that. He had to be flown to a Jacksonville hospital, stay overnight, then come back to the team. Uh, then out of nowhere, Tyreek Hill had a brand new haircut with some fresh sideburns. Um, and then uh, we found out Tyreek Hill was going to be out four to six weeks. This is week six of the NFL season, correct? Mm-hmm. He's been out five, four and a half, five weeks. We've seen from reports that Tyreek Hill was told to slow things down, that they wanted him to rest and go forward, but he was super eager to get on the field because I guess that's what he does. Um and you see the videos a couple of weeks ago, uh, James Palmer tweeting those out of Tyreek Hill running like pregame routes. Uh, he was the, also in Detroit. In Detroit. Right. He was also uh, in practice this week. You could see number 10 in pads. He was in there last week. Basically kind of what I thought last week was, was getting him in the, uh, in the weekly pre-week or the weekly of game day week shape of getting back into the rotation of, hey, Here's what we do on Monday. Yeah, you get back into that routine, you know? Exactly. And people are like, oh, he's not going to play against the Colts. Don't worry about that. And it's like, okay. And then all of a sudden, you're like, okay, this offense has kind of hit a rut, right? They put up 10 points against the Colts. The first rut, really, since Mahomes became the starter. I mean, we talked about it last show that we had. Right. They scored 26 points in every single game that Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback until last week when they laid it dud and they put up 13 at home in a Sunday night football game. And I get it. You've got Cam Irving at left tackle, which is an ideal. You have Cam Irving stepping on Patrick Mahomes' ankle, which is definitely not ideal. No. Byron Pringle's your number one receiver in that game. Which is crazy. Um, And now, all of a sudden, you kind of look around. You're like, okay, Sammy Watkins couldn't even get on the field. 
So now you look at yourself and you think, okay, Tyreek Hill is out four to six weeks. We're in that middle of the sandwich. It's been five weeks. And now all of a sudden, as a leader, I think, of this team, Tyreek Hill looks at it to himself, I think, when it comes to his mind, hey, man, I got to be out there. I can't let my guys down. Like It's like, uh, it's like being in a brawl, right? Your guys have always been the guys that lay the that lay the fist to the heaviest. Now all of a sudden, your guys are starting to get hit, starting to fall back, starting to retreat. What do you need? You need some infantry. That's what Tyreek Hill will be this Sunday. I think also, I mean, it's a lot like what the fans do after a big loss, like what happened on Sunday night against the Colts. But the team's got to feel it a little bit too. That maybe not desperation is the right word, but like something's got to change. We got to get back on our. We got to get back on the right track and come out here and have a big game. And I think that's a little bit of pressure to get Tyreek Hill back, even if he's not 100% ready. Because he has been limited in practice all week. He's questionable on the final injury report. We're saying that he's going to play. Right. But it's something to think about. Now, again, I don't think he's going to play above 90% of the snaps. I don't know if he's going to play above 80% of the snaps. But having 10 on that field makes that defense shift, change, and think. When it comes to Tyreek Hill, he's also Patrick Mahomes' right-hand man. Like, when Patrick Mahomes is on that field with Tyreek Hill, his number one read most of the times is either going to be Hill or Travis Kelsey. So that brings us into another point with Tyreek Hill coming back. Who do you think has been the most frustrated player on the field in the last two weeks? Absolutely Travis Kelsey. 100%. Travis Kelsey is frustrated because it's clearly obvious there's a lot of doubling up. There's a lot of focus. There's a lot of zone play that's preventing Travis Kelsey from being able to get out and do what Travis Kelsey does. Now, the first few weeks, he was getting 80 yards, 9 to 12 targets a game, and all of a sudden teams are saying, you know what? We're just going to sit heavy on Travis Kelsey and sit back in a zone and try to see if Patrick Mahomes can get off his spot and beat us outside, which Travis or Patrick Mahomes is pretty good at doing that. But when it's Demarcus Robinson, no, I'm not I'm not trying to trash Demarcus Robinson. He's not a number one receiver. No. He's a glorified number two receiver that can lean on the coattails of a very good receiving core. Mm-hmm. But when Sammy Watkins is out and Tyreek Hill are out and there's nobody else, you'll be fine letting Demarcus Robinson run all over you. And that Oakland game, when it was the Demarcus Robinson game, Sammy Watkins was still healthy. Point number two when it comes to Tyreek Hill coming back. Tyreek Hill is going to make that run offense a little bit better. Now, I get it. Last week, they only, what, ran the ball like eight to ten times total against the Colts. LaShawn McCoy had one of the most anomaly games I've ever seen LaShawn McCoy have. I don't know. I have a theory that the fumble caused him to be sat and benched basically the rest of the game. I know that's a Belichick move. That's not an Andy Reid move. But it's one of these seasons that just seems to be kind of special for the Chiefs. And when something's special and you know it's special, it's got to be polished and perfect to get where you need to be. Last year, they weren't polished, right? Last year, the Kareem Hunt thing happens. Last year, they lose that game against the Rams. That happens. Um, You lose a game to the Chargers on a two-point conversion at home on Thursday night. That wasn't ideal. Eric Berry was never going to be a productive player on that defense. And this year, you went out and you changed your defense. You change your defensive coordinator. You got some help at running back with LaShawn McCoy. Now, Andy Reid hinted that LaShawn McCoy might have been missing some game time because he couldn't pick up on the pass block, which is why Daryl Williams got snaps. 
Darrell Williams didn't get a target. Darrell Williams didn't get a handoff in that game against the Colts. He was strictly there to pad up for Pat. Somebody comes through, Blitzen, pick up that guy, stick him, don't let him hit 15. Our offensive line's already hitting 15 more than we would like anyway. That's another thing that Tyreek Hill is going to be able to change is that he Tyreek Hill is one of the best at getting open in the NFL just because of his speed, his route running and everything. And he's going to be able to allow Pat to get the ball out so much faster, which is going to help with protecting him in the pocket. I mean, he's banged up. You got to take care of your franchise quarterback. And that's part of the reason why you saw the Chiefs do a little bit of what they did last week is they got to put more guys back there with a banged up offensive line to try to protect him. And the other thing that I like about this is the final point that I make with this Tyreek Hill point playing on Sunday is it just seems time. Yeah. Like, I don't look too far into how fans react on social media, right, Nick? I don't look at how the players look. But it just seems like right now in a sample size of an NFL season that is literally 17 weeks but only 16 that really matter, that this team just needs that spark. It just needs that something. And when it comes to a spark, Tyreek Hill is a flame. Like Tyreek Hill is more than just a strike of a match. Tyreek Hill is a he is a gas can on a bonfire. It's going to be noticeable. It's going to be hot. It's going to be big, explosive. And that's what you need because of who he is, like we talked about earlier. And the top five receivers, one is going up against you. The other one is on your team. And what do you guys do in the NFL? What do you guys do that are professional athletes? They play off each other. We already know that Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson most likely will play off each other. I feel like this might be one of the games where you see Patrick Mahomes more out of the bench seat and more on the sideline to see, okay, what's this cat number four going to do over for Houston? What do I got to do to be better than four? Whereas, what do you think Tyreek Hill's going to be doing when number 10 for them is on the field and he's on the field? Now, DeAndre Hopkins hasn't had the great year that we all thought he might have had fantasy numbers-wise. Still had 80 yards last week when Will Fuller, who's another guy to worry about in this game, off. went off. Yeah. But the thing about this is conflict works. You should always allow that. Competition is heavy. This team needs a little bit of a spark. Patrick Mahomes needs his guy back, and his guy needs Patrick Mahomes back. And when you see a team struggle in a loss, again, the Chiefs have only lost one game. They're 4-1. and one. It's not the end of the they world. They struggled against Detroit because Detroit just, I mean, let's be honest, Patricia literally called probably Bill Belichick and said, hey, man, I'll do anything for you. Just tell me what you did in those playoff games and that season game last year against Pat Mahomes. And Patricia put his own spin on that as well. And so with Tyreek Hill coming back tomorrow, it makes Mahomes better. It makes that game better. It makes that offense better, passing and running, which are obvious. And it also makes that morale of that team better because it's going to give that spark. And I'm telling you right now, if Patrick Mahomes hits Tyreek Hill on a big-time pass, I'm talking 50 yards or more, and that peace sign comes out, watch the morale of that team completely change. Watch the positive energy change. And then all of a sudden, like we said earlier, watch Travis Kelsey get more looks and get a little bit more open, and all that will happen. And like Pete Sweeney said, man coverage goes away, and you just can't do it no matter what. And that can change everything when it comes to changing the play at the line with Patrick Mahomes. But I do believe Tyreek Hill plays tomorrow and has a significance in his role tomorrow. I'm glad that you brought up the spark that he brings, too, because I think that's one of the biggest things that was missing from the Chiefs offense on Sunday night was that big play threat that can kind of get that offense out of a rut. You know, the offense just kind of seems stagnant and it kind of seems stuck in their ways, and we've seen it time and time again where Tyreek Hill will burn somebody down the sideline, 60-yard play, whatever it be, and that's something that changes the momentum gives your guys some confidence, and just really changes the whole momentum of the entire game. So that's something that you're going to be looking at tomorrow. 
Tyreek Hill is able to go for a majority of the game. I had no idea that Patrick Mahomes' headband at the grocery store was $30 with the hair and everything. $29.99. Oh, yeah? Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I do know is that there's a lot of Chiefs fans upset with Frank Clark. Um, I understand why, but I kind of dig Frank Clark. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Uh, I know you very well. You try to get better day in, day out, week in, week out. How much has your work ethic improved so much increased for this week? Man, you see, I got some young guys who push me, man. I got my boy, you know, Kevin. I got, I got my boy, um, Derek Nambi. I got, I got some great guys, man. I'm young... sorry to interrupt you, but it's pronounced Nadi. Nadi, Nadi. Man, I got, sorry, uh, Nadi. Um, I got some great guys in my locker room and in my, um, in my media d- defensive line circle where I push me to be the best I can be. So, you know, I'm thankful for you. Man. Do you believe there's a brotherhood in that state? I believe it's a brotherhood, man. You know, some taking stuff going on. Right we, got, you know, we got some stuff boarding. So, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm very proud of what we got going on. I have another question. What's up, brother? Can you please open your eyes? <laughs> I got you, dog. <laughs> that audio coming from Arrowhead Pride. On Twitter, that was Frank Clark being interviewed by another teammate, uh, being told that uh, he's not saying Derek Naughty right. Um, And the fact that he needs to open his eyes. You're listening to Out of Bounds on 610 Sports Radio as we are live and local this Saturday, K-State with a day off. If you want to hear more of us, you just all you have to do is just hope that K-State stays very, very good at football. Um, stays productive in football because if they play better, they'll play more primetime games, which means they'll play late at night, which means we'll have a chance to talk to you on your radio while you're in your car doing whatever you are doing on a Saturday afternoon. I'm the biggest K-State fan of the world right now. And he went to Kansas. Yeah. Keep it up. Iman, let's go Wildcats. We'll get into what Bill Self had to say a little bit earlier uh, this week later on in the show. Back. Coming up at 1.30, we'll talk about that. Speaking of Nick Price going to Kansas. Um, apparently, Nick Price tells me the entire time at uh, Allen Fieldhouse, there's always been a setup for acrobatic dancers. He just didn't know it was for that exact situation. Nonetheless, we'll keep that as much as we can to a tease. From the text line, the Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line. I think, what was it last time we were on here? We called it the sex line? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, boss didn't like that very much. Uh, from the 816 line is, I just say the sex line? You did. Oh, wow. Had the drop ready to go. Uh, coming up after us on 610 Sports Radio, live and local continues, as it will be the sexiest trio in sports radio. Uh, Chris Unicero, Julian Carroll, and Julio Sanchez will come up next with uh, the overtime. Uh, I know Chris uh, Unicero might be a little sluggish because he was probably up all night watching SmackDown uh, on Friday nights, which just had their live draft, which was an abomination to everything that is everything. Um, Now the WWE and the wrestling world is turning into the NFL because now you have adult entertainment wrestling on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and sometimes Sunday. But this is interesting. I didn't know this text existed until now from the 816. Ron Hughley says he can throw a pitch at 56 miles per hour. Let's address this. There is no effing way. <laughs> um, Ty Buddy, I have Hyde and Fuller. Are you Ty Buddy? Is that you? 
Nick Price? Is that me? I don't know. From the 816. Ty, buddy. Oh, thank you, buddy. Yeah. I have Hyde and Fuller going against the Chiefs, hoping for big weeks, but an even bigger Chiefs win. Hey, the over-under is at 55. Chiefs are plus five. Uh, There's or plenty minus of room five. for big fantasy days on both sides. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, I think if you have Tyree Kill, you should play him. Again, if you want more fantasy advice, be sure to listen to The Drive when they have Ben Heisler on from Fantasy Sports Markets because he gives you your advice with Heis. Um, and then you also have Steven Serta tomorrow at 9 a.m. And don't forget, Carolina and Tampa Bay kick off from London at 8.30. That's when they'll be playing. I really don't know if Ron could throw a fastball not 56 miles per hour. Ah! I don't I don't think 56 is that fast. You're going to get into this? You're going to try to get into this? I, mean, I don't know. Do you want to? You want to talk about it? I'm not going to try because if I do, I will literally get Tommy John on one throw. I know that for a fact. I could throw a 56. I don't. Uh, that, that's cool. Um, I think Ron could too. I mean, if you think you can throw a fastball as fast as a car travels on a suburban highway uh-huh. at 55, more power to you. I'm not going to do it. I've read Jeff Passon's book, The Arm. I know what happens when you throw a baseball that hard or try to. The owner lateral or the owner collateral ligament in your elbow, which is also known as the Tommy John surgery ligament, uh, explodes like a rubber band that's been stretched too far. To give you some more insight to what that does, it rips, it tears, and it has to be regrown and restretched to itself. I'm good. I don't. I don't need to do yeah, that. I don't want any part of my elbow exploding. So, well, don't try to throw Maybe a baseball at 56 miles per hour. The audio you heard going into this topic was Frank Clark talking to a teammate about his job and his uh, little fun banter there. Frank Clark. He's got a lot of people pissed off. He makes a lot of money in his position. I get it. We all remember the tweet that he had um, a few weeks back. Yeah, September 29th. Right, when he said, I, I can't read it. For some reason, mine is all in Spanish. Okay, I got it. No disrespect to a tackle, but that blank doesn't feed my family. Sacks do. New team, new system, doubles, chips, etc. Irrelevant. Save the excuses. Success in this league isn't driven with excuses. Signed, Black Elvis, which is nickname. Do you know the origin why he's Black Elvis? Nope. Okay, we got to figure that out. Text line 69306. Why does Frank Clark go by Black Elvis? I'm literally asking. I'm not being sarcastic this time. Um, like, I guess I was the last time when we did this show, and I said KU won six games in like five years, and the guy challenged me and said, actually, they've won nine. Um, no, so, and this is exactly what yeah. you want Frank Clark to be saying. Right. Is like, hey, like, you know. I get it. I need to get more sacks. Yeah. That's it, that's what you paid me to do, and I'm not going to make excuses. I just need to be better. And how many times um, when we, when you see guys for the Chiefs have bad games or they don't play well, they don't talk. Like, I've covered games before with the Chiefs. Like, I've been in that locker room. I've talked to some players before after games of wins and losses. Frank Clark was there on Sunday night after they lost to the Colts. He was wearing some red-rimmed glasses. Uh, It's pretty cool, I guess. I get it. He's making a lot of money, and a lot of people don't think that he's living up to that. We're five weeks into the NFL season, about to be six weeks into the NFL season. We're two weeks from the halfway point. And Frank Clark, according to them, hasn't lived up to what he's been supposed to be doing for his entire career. dollar amount to his contract. I get that. I think a lot of times we get lost in those numbers. I think a lot of times we expect high praise for a guy that gets paid like that, and that's totally fair. I totally agree with that. I think that, that you are in, entitled to your own opinion. Everybody is, is, is well entitled to their opinion. But the thing that I like about Frank Clark is the fact 
that Frank Clark owns it. Like, you don't, the last thing I don't like is a guy that is, is paid very respectably for what they do, doesn't do what they're supposed to do, and then flips the script and makes it somebody else's fault. There used to be a pitcher for the Royals who didn't make Frank Clark money, but he made good money. And every time he had a bad outing, it was, well, the mound, and this is recent Royals pitcher, it was, well, the mound was a little slippery or the humidity made the grip on the ball a little different. It's like, no, man, go be a pitcher. Go do what you're supposed to do. Go do your job. And if you don't do your job, tell us why you're not doing your job. Own it. That's all you got to do. Just own it. Yeah, people will be fine with you if you do what Frank Clark did in that tweet and just come out and say, you know what? I'm not playing the way, like, I'm not pay, playing well enough for the money that I'm making, and I need to be better. And this is what I'm going to do to get better. And I know that people have heard this tweet over and over again. Hell, it's from September 29th, and it came after a football game. Right. It was from, like, the last time that we did a show. Which was long ago. But the thing about it is that he says, irrelevant. Save the excuses. Success in the league isn't driven with excuses. 100%. There's nothing worse than a guy that doesn't do his job and then ducks every question. Look at Joaquin Soria. You remember when he started blowing things up on the mound and then he just was like, I'm done. I'm not answering any Royals questions. I'm not sticking around the locker room. That's what gets people even more irate. I get that you're upset with Frank Clark because the numbers aren't there to support the numbers that go into the contract. But the thing that I like about it is that he owns it, he mans up, and he's taking control as a leader on this defense. And I truly believe this. I truly do believe that it's only a matter of time until Frank Clark has that game. It might be Sunday. It might be Sunday. He might pop Carlos Hyde in the mouth two yards behind the line of scrimmage, and all of a sudden that's the, that's the flame that ignites the fire. And all of a sudden, Frank Clark's like, all right, let's go. Because Therese Paler on last week's show on Monday night with Brandon Kiley said he truly believes that there's maybe something wrong with Frank Clark. Like maybe there's like a little bit of something that's going on. Like maybe it's like a little, you know, nagging injury that's just not quite healed all the way yet. Or maybe there's something going on inside his head that he just hasn't figured out yet. But either way, I think Frank Clark figured it out because the track record would say so. And his actions and his words are speaking to a point of like, okay, this guy's going to do it. He's owning up to it. He knows he hasn't been great. He's tweeting it out. He knows that, that Chiefs fans are all about social media. He knows that Chiefs fans follow it close, and he knows he's got to do something different. Now, this can become lethargic if, in fact, he just never produces and just right. keeps talking. But, again, guys like Frank Clark or hashtag Black Elvis will figure this out. The numbers will come. We're five weeks in the NFL season. We're two weeks from the halfway point. I think Frank Clark figures it out because I like guys that own up to their mistakes. Yeah, and this is a totally different conversation if it's after a full year and Frank Clark didn't do anything out there. We've had five games to play here. Lots of players go through five-game droughts. So let's just give it a little bit of time. You've seen what he's been able to do on tape, and you've seen a couple of plays, too, where he's kind of blown it up in the backfield and just kind of missed something. So just give it some time. Let, let's see if he can figure this thing out. When it comes to our friends on the text line, they remind me to listen to my station a little bit more. From the 913, in an interview the other day that was on 610 Sports Radio, he said, Black Elvis came from his wardrobe when he was younger. He always wore flashy clothing, so a teammate started calling him Black Elvis. That's why I love the text line. The more you know. You can, you can call me bad names. You can say that I suck. You can say that you love our show. You can say that you like Nick Price. You can do whatever you want. Still love you. Got to have an open mind. Coming up, speaking of open minds, there's a new villain in college basketball. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio.
coming back to a little jazzy sound here. I like this sound. I like that. <laughs> I like your snap. Yeah. I like your snap in your face over there when you're doing that. I'm a snap guy. Follow me on Snapchat at Dustman8787. It's interesting about uh, 10 o'clock at night on the weekends. Coming up after us, Out of Bounds is Overtime with Jillian Carroll, Julio Sanchez, and Chris Nacero as labeled by us as... The sexiest trio in sports radio. That's right. You know it. That's right. That's right. Speaking of sexy, um, 10 to 2, show Vern Serta. Two out of three are married now. Josh Vernier on his honeymoon should be coming back soon. And then it's back-to-back of uh, Ron Vern and Serta. And uh, you can always hear the guys from 2 to 6 on the drive with Brandon Kiley, who was on before us with... uh, the leadoff, Carrington Harrison, and Sean Levine, who you hear in those uh, Blue Chew ads. I kind of like them. I don't know. I just, I really enjoy them. Hey, do you like sex? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's not the new villain of college <laughs> basketball, but um, Bill Self is. That's my answer to that. I know the text line said, the villain's always been the same villain. It is money, which, yeah. Defeats that um, of being Bill Self, but it is true. I get it. I understand money is an issue. That's a different topic. But when Bill Self was asked if the late night at the fog, the gold chain, the Adidas shirt, and the promo cut was a middle finger to the NCAA, this is what Bill's response was. And you tell me if this man sounds guilty and ready to leave. That has actually been a narrative that 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 some people have have used uh, 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 since this, and uh, if anybody that knows me knows that I'm not smart enough to figure out uh, 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 some of those things that have transpired that that would that would relate to anything other than that moment. If, if you followed us, I do stuff for late night every year. This year was no different. It just happened to I happen to be wearing a Adidas shirt, which happens to be our sponsor for our next 14 years that's that helped sponsor the event uh, uh it was innocently given to me and i just put it on uh, uh and and certainly uh uh the things you know and i've, I've already addressed uh, uh and, and spoke to uh uh what the what what happened the other night i, I don't i don't know how how an entertainer would in any way shape or form be uh thought to be uh, uh, sticking it to anybody, including the NCAA, by having an entertainer perform. So, so I, uh, I, I uh, you know, I, 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 f- I f- do not like the narrative that have been that has been uh, said concerning that with me. But I also understand that you know I can't control what the media writes or their opinions, and 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 uh, I, I do know, and people that know me know that that's not factually true in any way shape or form okay first off how hard is the camera guy going in the background during that entire clip second off how about bill laying down many people know i'm not a smart man and then just slamming about seven straight uh 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 like come on bill the stutter was all time in that in that clip right there uh, and again I, I don't know um i don't again i don't know who or if Bill has an issue with a stutter, okay? I know that there's a guy out there that does the Bill self-impersonation, and it's fantastic. And one of the main things that he hits on is the 
you know, last night, uh, uh, I, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, that's just how I, you know. And that's what Bill Self does. I felt it was a little played out a little bit more. And when I say the villain, this is what I mean. First off, the question was, was definitely relevant. Is this late night at the fog, you sticking the middle finger to the NCAA? And then Bill flips it on, the entertainer being the one. No, no, Bill. They're not talking about Snoop, Snoop-a-loop. Late Night at the Fog literally looked like the scene from old school. When Will Ferrell comes out, butt-ass naked, doing the Frank the Tank, asking if Snoop Dogg's going to go out and hang out with them, and then he goes streaking. That's what Late Night at the Fog looked like. It was definitely more out of control than years past. The promo that Bill cut in black and white with the gold chain and the Adidas shirt that he did says this, it was innocently given to me. Bill Self knows what your defense is going to run with 30 seconds left in a game. You can't tell me that Bill Self did look at that shirt, look at that chain, and go, oh, man, this is perfect. This is the heel turn that we needed with Bill Self. I understand that college basketball and college athletics are corrupt. I could spend a three-hour out-of-bounds show on it, but you already know that. 17-10 Oklahoma over Texas, by the way, with four minutes left in the third quarter of the Red River shootout. South Carolina still holding on to a seven-point lead over Georgia. I get it. But when it comes to Bill Self, Bill Self, I think, before has always tried to stay on course. And I'm, I'm going to let you have the floor here in a bit, Nick. Because you, this you is, can tell that I'm waiting to talk. I know, yet. I know. Bill Self, in his entire career, has never been that guy, correct? He's never been the he's never been the Calipari. He's never been the Patino. He's never been the Bayheim. Bill Self now, I think, has finally just had enough of it. I think Bill Self has seen enough, heard enough. I get it. He sent text messages that were recorded to a booster member that was doing stuff for Adidas that got money involved in that school. But here's the thing. Bill Self, I think, is tired of it. He's been there long enough. He's always been about the kids. And now, all of a sudden, Bill Self has literally just been like, you know what? Screw it. I don't care. I've got another year of eligibility in the tournament. We know we're getting suspended. We know we're not going to be here. I think I'm ready for the NBA. I'm just going to have fun with this. I'm going to lay it all on the line, and I simply don't care. And that's what heels do. That's what happens when you turn into the heel of the league. It's no longer Calipari. It's no longer Beheim. Bill Self is now officially the heel of coaches when it comes to the NCAA because he knows he's going to get suspended. He doesn't know for sure how long it's going to be or what it's necessarily going to be. Some say the banner's going down when they played Villanova in the Final Four. Some say that there's a two, possibly three-year ban on the postseason. I don't know, but I know this. I'm a huge fan of heels. Huge, huge, huge fan of heels. And Bill Self doing this gets me going, and I'm okay with it. You have officially stood up. You've moved the microphone to your face. Mr. KU grad, the floor is yours. All right, I'm not going to get into the allegations or anything like that because that is a conversation for another day. Like you said, we could talk for three hours on just that alone. But I do agree with you that he's kind of going heel. I don't think that he can come out and say that his actions are a big middle finger to the NCAA, but they totally are at this moment. And I think it's because Bill Self seems a little disrespected 
by what's going on here. I think that uh, if you looked at his initial response to the allegations, he's basically saying that the NCAA has a major problem and they're trying to make an example out of Kansas because it's the largest, it's the poster child for Adidas basketball schools and Adidas is the first one that got caught. And I think that Bill Self knows this and he thinks that it's unfair that they're coming down so hard and they're trying to impose these kind of sanctions on them. At the end of the day, I don't, I personally don't believe that it will be as bad as some people are speculating right now. But I think that Bill Self, even if he's not coming out and saying it, these are all calculated moves, you know, like the the Adidas shirt, the money chain, all of that. That was maybe his way of kind of like making light of the situation in a little bit, maybe a little bit of a middle finger to the NCAA. I, I agree with you on the heel turn. I don't really understand the whole People getting up in arms over Snoop Dogg. I mean, like, Snoop Dogg came out and said it himself. When you pay for Snoop Dogg, you're going to get Snoop Dogg. Mm. So I get that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm a little hot on this topic, obviously, because I went to KU and I spent a lot of time around the team and everything. But I think that Bill is low-key putting his middle finger to the NCAA in this situation. Snoop Dogg, to go back to in this topic, was on Howard Stern's show uh, last Tuesday saying everyone – was loving it, and he was shocked when the school released an apology. Um, well, I was shocked too. For the record, I was out at uh, I was out at no other pub actually that night. What were you Power more shocked Light. about? That Snoop Dogg had a big dog no, with a blunt in his hand, no, or no, the no. fact that there were stripper poles or a money gun. I wasn't. Well, I wasn't shocked about any of that stuff right. because I've seen Snoop Dogg before. Right. I know what Snoop Dogg brings. It's the last thing there. I was just shocked that people were actually upset about it and that people didn't really think ahead that. Snoop Dogg is not a family, like a family-friendly artist, you know? It's the last thing that happens at late night. And so if you are going to bring your family out to a late-night event on a college campus, maybe don't maybe don't stick around for Snoop Dogg if you don't want your kids to see it. That's all I'm saying. But I was at the bar, didn't see the sound or anything, but I just saw Sports Center with a big Jayhawk logo. I was like, oh, boy, what now? What's happening now? Oh, KU basketball, okay. Oh, uh, there's a Bill Self quote. There's a Jeff Long quote. And then I saw what it was about, and I just – I thought it was all a little bit overblown. I agree with Snoop Dogg. Like, you pay for Snoop, you're going to get Snoop. And if you don't know who Snoop Dogg is by now, then I, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Well, I can tell you this. The sun's going to rise in the east and set in the west no matter what tomorrow, and Kansas will always be a blue blood in college basketball. It's just going to take a couple years to get out of the suspension. But you know what? We'll see. Bill Self being the heel – I'm excited to see what I like they do it. this year. I like it. I'm more so into Bill Self being a heel than anything else. I care less what Snoop Dogg did. I'm sorry if you were offended. Maybe look into things. Research. I don't know. Speaking of Bill, there's a Bill coming to Kansas City on Sunday. And let me tell you something here. Bill and Andy, that's the difference on Sunday's game. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Boy, it's going by fast. That's what happens when you don't take advantage of it. Just like the McRib at McDonald's. You got to get that sassy sauce. That's what we are. We're sassy sauce here on uh, on Out of Bounds with Nick Price. Follow him on Twitter at, at NickPriceKC. You can follow me on Twitter at Dusty Likens. Just need 75 more to go for a G on the followers. We're getting, getting there. there. Getting there. Sassy sauce. Sassy sauce. 
By the way, if you want to know what that guy looks like in the McRib commercial from like 1992, looks like a young Andy Reid. I feel like Andy Reid would dominate a McRib. Could be wrong. Bill Self's heel turn looked a lot like Bailey's on SmackDown last night. You're damn right, Lance. She cut her hair and she cut the Bailey buddies in half with like a sword. That's what Bill Self did. On the text line, hey guys, big KU fan. I just cut into the middle of your conversation. Can you explain real quick exactly what Bill Self did in all of this? Please, Nick Price. Uh, I believe they're calling it a lack of institutional control. Mm. Well, speaking of Bill and institutional control, Bill O'Brien. That's right, Bill O'Brien, which strongest attribute that he has is his chin. It's a nice chin. I'll give him that. He's got a really nice chin. He's got the little dimple in the middle. Uh, looks like uh, Charlie from Me, Myself, and Irene when he goes and gets uh, the, the plastic surgery on his face. And then his kids have one of the best one-liners in the entire world. Uh, I'm not going to say it on the air because it's not appropriate. But if you've never seen Me, Myself, and Irene, Nick Price, go watch it. I know you haven't seen it. Um... Bill O'Brien versus Andy Reid tomorrow is one of the bigger matchups that I'm looking forward to in this game because the last time Andy Reid coached, it was against Frank Reich. And I believe that Frank Reich outcoached Andy Reid in that game on Sunday night, which I don't think is a hot take. I just think it's interesting because Andy Reid is so dynamically sound when it comes to play development, uh, quarterback development, knowing the situation, we know the first 15 that are recorded for Andy when he goes out to do everything. But Frank Reich is an analytics guy, right? He's a guy that uh, is going to play the best player in the situation, which we think of analytics, we think of baseball, which, by the way, Max Scherzer tonight versus the Cardinals. Max Scherzer grew up 20 minutes uh, from Bush Stadium. He also went to high school. Oh, God, that's good. Bill O'Brien has a Stan Smith chin. That's awesome. That's an American Dad reference for those of you that don't get the Stan Smith uh, chin. Roger the Alien, by the way, one of the best side characters of all television. No, I don't just sit at home and watch cartoons. No, from the text line, I'm not a drunk Irish guy. Um, but I do love American Dad. It is funny. Steve Smith, Stan Smith, Francine, Roger, Klaus, uh, everybody on that show is great. But Bill O'Brien and Andy Reid, there is no debate on how much better of a coach Andy Reid is than Bill O'Brien, and it better show on Sunday. Andy Reid is the complete opposite of what Bill O'Brien is. Bill O'Brien, I believe, is someone who is not well-respected. I believe that Bill O'Brien is someone who doesn't quite honestly know, fulfill, not, does not honestly quite know what they're doing fully when it comes to running an offense, running a team, being the vocal point, being the leader, being the head coach. I just honestly don't truly believe that. And I think it'll show Sunday. Now, I know it's going to be Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, and if we're going to take, like, a fantasy like fantasies aspect to this, like, if Patrick Mahomes is projected 25 points, Deshaun Watson's probably still projected, like, 23. So, like, the gap isn't that big. Now, I know that Patrick Mahomes' ceiling is a lot higher than maybe Deshaun Watson's will be. The gap between Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins isn't really that big. But when it comes to the head coaches in tomorrow's game, when it comes to Bill O'Brien and it comes to Andy Reid, that's the biggest advantage in tomorrow's game. Over home field, over quarterback, over receiver, over running back, 
over defense, over offensive line, everything. I truly believe that the Chiefs will win this game tomorrow if Andy Reid is on his A game. And like Steven Spector had tweeted last week, Andy Reid is always good once a year for one stinker game. Kind of gets in his own head a little bit. Sometimes. And that's what we saw on Sunday night. Right. And we've already seen this year, there's been a couple of times where, like, they had a timeout left in the half, they settled for a field goal, or they didn't take a shot, and you saw the frustration from Mahomes, and you kind of wonder yourself, does Mahomes not have that power yet to where he can just say, the hell with this, Andy, I'm going to call my own timeout, we're going to get together and do this. I don't know if that's there yet or not. I know if you hear Andy, uh, yeah, and I know that if you hear Andy Reid in a press conference, a lot of the times, like, ah, you know, Pat's a uh, Pat's, uh, Pat, you know, he's going to do what he wants to do, and we're on a we're on a good level of relationship and all that. I haven't seen that yet to where like Pat's just basically been like, eh, bam. From the eight one six, I think playing Tyreek tomorrow is a panic move. Thoughts? No, it's not. It's a ready move. But for me, this game really does boil down to how much better of a head coach that Andy Reid is than Bill O'Brien is. Bill O'Brien has a ton of talent on that team, and sometimes when that team goes out there, it looks like they're just completely lost and completely gone. Andy Reid does that maybe once a year. And a lot of people think that maybe that happened yes or last week against Indianapolis where they only put up 10 points. But again, this team was beat up. This team had a gut punch when Chris Jones came hobbling off the field and was ruled out right away. Sammy Watkins was ruled out after one play on the field, maybe two. They also lost... Uh, Andrew Wiley. They had Cam Irving on the left side. They had some guy named what, like Ryan Hunter? Is that what his name was? That got DFA'd because he just couldn't play anymore? Mm. Got designated for assignment, but just outright, outright released by the Chiefs. So tomorrow's game, when we look at the first 15 that Andy Reid always draws up and how that momentum goes and how the pace of that game goes and the sure just like calmness of this offense... I think that's where the biggest advantage sets on the field for the Chiefs. The last time I've seen, they were a five-point favorite. The over-under was set at 50-plus. Nick Price and I both think that this game could have a lot of similarities of what the Rams-Chiefs was on Monday Night Football last year when it was, what, 54-51? to I don't know if we get that high of a game. I don't know if we get 109 points on the game or 105. But I think that you will see my punch, your punch, my punch, counterpunch. The thing is, Andy Reid's got to know, because I truly believe he will, what Bill O'Brien's next move is, what Bill O'Brien is trying to do, because Bill O'Brien does not know how to cover up a lot of his weaknesses in a game. Andy Reid, like we've said, has that one stinker, like Steven Spector tweeted out, has that one stinker game once a year. It just happens. Like you're just, Sometimes, you like even in radio, like we did a topic earlier about the... Uh, redo the draft or redo the picks in 2017 wasn't our best topic no wasn't great but we try to move on from that and try to be better at other topics we understand our faults bill o'brien doesn't bill o'brien has a great quarterback he has the best receiver in the game and every once in a while more than once a year bill o'brien falls apart and just looks like he doesn't know what he's doing that's just the way that it goes and yes he has a stan smith from american dad chin or a Jim Carrey chin from the end of Me, Myself, and Irene that has a nice, cute little dimple in it. Eat your heart out, Tom Brady. 
But Andy Reid is so much better than Bill O'Brien that it's not funny and that that should be where the number one advantage lies tomorrow in that game, Chiefs versus Houston. Agree? Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, and you just look at, like, what Bill O'Brien has done since he went to Houston. They went 11-5 and last year, and then – what is it? Four and twelve the year before, and then nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven, and I think that that's pretty much what you're getting with Bill O'Brien. Like he's going to be good enough to get that team to nine and seven, maybe sneak into the playoffs, especially in that division that they play in. But there's nothing extraordinary about Bill O'Brien that really stands out. Where you're like, wow, he does this better than most of them, and that's what you do have in Andy Reid. Andy Reid is one of the best offensive minds that we've ever seen, and. Yeah, sure, he's good for one of those stinker games where he kind of gets in his own head and you're just like, what are you doing, Andy? But most of the time, Andy Reid's first 15 to 20 plays out of that script are going to work to perfection. And with Pat, ever since he's had Pat as his quarterback, he's been able to adjust a lot better and make those in-game adjustments and really put teams away. So I think that you're going to see a lot of the same tomorrow. I think a lot of it hinges on if Tyree Kill plays and opens up that offense, but it's going to be a shootout. And you saw the Texans put up, what, 50-plus on the Falcons last week? It was 57. Yeah, and the Chiefs' defense looked better last week, but, you know, like the run defense and everything, I think it's going to be another shootout. And they'll be tested. And if you don't believe me that Bill O'Brien and Andy Reid are on two different aspects when it comes to the league, tell me when an NFL player who's played under Andy Reid has ever said this. be another football game. You know, I spent the year with them, and I kind of know how this head coach thinks, so – I'm expecting him to throw at me early on and try to get in my head. And so uh, looking forward to it. Yep. <laughs> That's the honey badger. That's Tyron that? Matthew. Yep. That yeah. is, I want to say more, but I'm not going to because I'm going to be professional. That's lack of respect for a guy that probably didn't respect him. One more time. Be another football game. You know, uh, I spent the year with them and I kind of know how this head coach thinks. So. I'm expecting him to throw at me early on and try to get in my head. And so uh, looking forward to it. You can can hear the reporters in the background laughing. That was at Arrowhead this week. Again, what is Bill O'Brien to me? Bill O'Brien is Jeff Fisher. He's a nine and seven guy and he shouldn't be. Now, granted, last year he was 11 and five. That's the best year he's ever had. That was the step forward to Sean Watson to take. But he was four and 12 the previous year and nine and seven in the other four. Right now he's three and two. He loses tomorrow. He's three and three, and his overall record goes to forty-five and forty-one, close to five hundred. Again, it's not the sample size that Andy Reid had, but Bill O'Brien is a joke when it comes to a head coach. I truly believe that, and I think other players think that as well. It's almost two o'clock. We've got an hour to go until we hand things off to Chris Unicero, Jillian Carroll. Julio Sanchez. Their show's called Overtime, but we think they are the sexiest trio in sports radio. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.